Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What is up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we're doing another solo episode. It's been so long since I've recorded by myself. It honestly feels weird just sitting in my apartment right now, not talking to someone on Zoom, but yet just talking and staring out my window and talking to a microphone. But I guess that is the reality of podcasting. And I can't believe people do this by themselves all the time. It kind of mesmerizes me. It's definitely a skill that needs to be practiced. (laughs) But I have come a long way since, you know, my first episode in May 2020. And before we hop into the episode, I want to give a big shout out to those who have rated and reviewed on Apple Podcasts. I know I say it in every episode, and I truly do read all of the reviews that people write. And it really helps keep me going because... I can't get comments on podcasts. It's not like YouTube videos where people can leave comments and likes and everything. So seeing people take the time to write and review and rate it, like seriously, it means the world to me and it really helps keep me going. So thank you to those of you who have done it. It's a free way to support and it seriously just means the world to me personally. So I really appreciate it. Now let's just get into today's solo episode. Okay, for the first part of this episode, I kind of wanted to talk about burnout because it's something that I experienced this summer with work, which is kind of out of the ordinary because I don't feel like I get burnt out very easily and I love what I do. So it was just a weird feeling, feeling just kind of like overwhelmed and burnt out from the work that I was doing that I was draining more than I was enjoying it. And I definitely have experienced burnout with sports over the years and it's caused me to transition away from sports and stuff so I wanted to kind of touch on that because I know a lot of people can probably resonate with feelings of burnout in their life I feel like everyone goes through it at some point and just give people hope that even though burnout can feel like forever and that you'll never get over it I feel like you can actively do things to help yourself you know overcome those feelings of burnout it just requires a lot of grace and patience with yourself so What I want to touch on first is work-wise, I think one of the things I've been really proud of myself for with this podcast is its consistency. I've uploaded almost every, I've uploaded like every single week for over two years now. I think I missed one week that I wasn't supposed to, you know, before this summer. And then this summer came around and I found myself missing multiple weeks of episodes in a row, which is just out of the ordinary. And I think from a listener's perspective, made it maybe it doesn't really seem like that big of a deal because, you know, there's plenty of other content to go watch and listen to. But from a personal perspective, I find that it's like a big red flag for me that I'm willing to let myself miss weeks of work, basically. And that was kind of carrying over into other elements of my work as well. I mean, YouTube since the beginning of the year has not been very consistent I was daily vlogging, like going so hard at the beginning of this year and it just has kind of fallen off. I think I uploaded like once or twice a month throughout this summer. My food Instagram 
has also taken a big hit in creativity and productivity and like consistency. I just have not been motivated to post on that platform. Granted, I did have a really fun summer. You know, I got together with a bunch of my friends and went on a few trips here and there. And I still was creating content on TikTok and just like random platforms, but I didn't really have any structure and nothing was consistent anymore. And because I wasn't being consistent with my stuff, it, I was beating myself up over it because it's one of the things I pride myself in is like being able to post all the time because I genuinely love it. And so I reached this point, you know, it was probably mm, around June or July. I would say in July, you know, after I took my second trip to Portland for Worlds, I just realized that I felt very drained and burnt out. And it's not a good feeling to sit with and accept because it kind of, in my mind, it meant defeat. And it meant that I need to change something. Something needs to change and change is just uncomfortable in itself, you know. I feel like I've been so consistent on all my different platforms and it's been kind of the same routine I've had over the last couple years. It's been really fun, really rewarding and fulfilling and I just genuinely love my job. But one of the things with social media is that everything is like constantly changing all the time. So you find yourself needing to adapt creatively with all your platforms that you're on. Like YouTube for me now is way different than, you know, 2017 or even 2019 YouTube. It's just a different ball game. Following the trends and everything going on, it just can become really overwhelming. And that's one of the things I love about social media is that it's always changing. Nothing's ever really the same. But then also, one of the things I've really worked on over the last couple of years is diversifying my platforms. And it's helped me be able to like make this a sustainable income for myself and also just avoid burnout. So for example, like if I was tired of working on YouTube videos, I could get I could just go work on my food Instagram or my podcast and something else like for the next couple days. But I reached this point, I think earlier this year, and I think a lot of Instagram creators also realized this, especially in the food Instagram world, when everything started to go to reels and like way more video short form content, I became so much more drastically overwhelmed. One of my favorite parts about posting on my food Instagram was making a meal and, you know, snapping a quick pic of it in the lighting and then uploading it and like sharing the recipe and everything. It became a whole different ball game when I now needed to film exactly how the recipe was made and then edit it and then put it together and like find trending audio. Like it just became, this sounds like such a first world problem, but I know a lot of food Instagrammers also dealt with this. That and like even regular Instagram where I used to just post, you know, funny little pics now became all reels. And I'm like, I just, and then TikTok also came into the picture and everything just became video content. And that just required a lot, even like podcasting. I find I have a lot of pressure on myself to create a video version of this podcast that's like, I don't know, high production value and I'm posting it every week and then clipping it to put on TikTok and Instagram. I just became so incredibly overwhelmed when the transition to short form content on Instagram and TikTok became more popular. And even though that started to happen last year, I feel like this year was a year where it like became almost necessary to keep your following engaged on like Instagram and stuff. This sounds so first world problems. <laughs> And for me, instead of, you know, giving up a certain platform, I found myself trying to, I don't know, work on all of them at the same time <laughs> and try to fix all of them because I felt like I was flopping and I just became so incredibly overwhelmed that I had like decision fatigue every single day. And instead of even working, I would just stare into the abyss and be filled with overwhelm and dread almost. 
which is a horrible feeling. I mean, I used to be excited about my work and now I just feel so incredibly overwhelmed that I can't do anything. Like, it's just a terrible feeling to come to. And again, I think this can apply to a lot of jobs. I don't think it's necessarily just social media. This is just my own personal perspective on why I feel like I've just become really overwhelmed, why I became a little bit drained this summer. This is also completely off topic, but I was in a, like a situationship this summer, which also drained me. And I think that played like a huge effect on my motivation levels. Like as much as I don't want, you know, a relationship situation to affect my work life, I have a really hard time balancing it all. Like I get really distracted when I like someone. And since this, you know, situationship was not going very smoothly, it was taking up like so much of my mental energy that I feel like that also played a factor into my motivation levels with work. And like my creativity, I feel like that was just taking up a lot of my energy. And this past month, I really had to sit myself down and be like, okay, Emma, this obviously is not sustainable. You, why does it feel like pulling teeth, you know, doing the things that you used to enjoy? And instead of just continuing to trudge through this like weird feeling, why don't we just change something? And like I said, it's been many years since I feel like I've changed things with my business and I don't know, with like my business model, I guess you could say. Obviously, like I've moved different places, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of like my business structure, I feel like I haven't really taken that many risks or really changed that many things over the last couple of years. It's just been very slow progression on top of each other and diversifying the platforms. Now I've come to a point where I'm like, hey, I have too many accounts going on and I cannot do it all. Horrible feeling to come to, a horrible feeling to tell yourself that you can't actually do it. <laughs> but I also had to be real with myself because I didn't want to keep living in this like terrible feeling of not being motivated. So over the last couple weeks, I've really tried to decide what my next steps are going to be with social media and everything because I still do love social media. I love sharing my life. I love this podcast. And for the summer, I kind of gave myself the grace to not put pressure on myself to post. And it definitely did help a little bit. I feel like towards the end of the summer, I became a little bit more motivated again with all my platforms. But even then, I was like, something's still off. Like, obviously taking a break helped me a little bit. But then I came back to the same situation where just feeling insanely overwhelmed. And now I'm even more overwhelmed because I feel like I've neglected my platforms because I haven't been posting on them for three months. So the last two weeks or so, I need to have a new strategy. And it's really sad to say, you know, that... I almost feel like a failure when I say that I'm giving something up, but it's not a failure because it's just readjusting my strategy, but I'm going to have to put one crazed foodie and food content on the back burner. And it's really sad because I've been doing this every single day since 2017. And it's a hard thing to, you know, say, because I know people like love my food account, people love my recipes, but my focus these days is just not on food anymore. I don't really, I like making recipes and everything, but I don't know. It's it's not as exciting for me anymore. I feel like there's only so much that you can do with food and I almost feel like I've done everything that I've wanted to do on that platform and I'm not like a cook. I'm not a chef or anything. So yes, food does bring me enjoyment, but I don't know, like creating the recipes and stuff. I don't really find it inspiring anymore to be posting my food on the internet. And also since I haven't been putting pressure on myself to really post on that account that much, it's just kind of freeing to not think about food all the time. It can just be really exhausting thinking about what you're going to eat or what I'm going to post or like what recipe I need to make. And then also feeling bad if I eat something and then I don't share it on the internet. It's such a weird feeling, but 
I think coming to terms with like letting one of my platforms go has been really hard and it's just a big change that I'm going to have to deal with. And I'm not saying that I'm never going to post on there, but I think moving forward, it's definitely not going to be my priority. Like if I find a new recipe that I really want to make, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to, I don't think it's going to be part of my personal brand at this point in time. I'm never saying never down the road, maybe I'll find the spark again, but for now it needs to be put on the back burner. And even coming to terms with that has really helped my mental state because it takes one thing off of my mind. With social media, I have Instagram. I have my personal account, my food account, my podcast account, and then TikTok. I have my personal account. I also have a food account. Then I have YouTube, obviously my personal account, and then I have this podcast. And being able to let at least one of those accounts go has really helped my creativity and just opened up headspace where I feel more motivated rather than drained, where I feel more motivated to work on my other platforms than like, I don't know, sitting and staring at the abyss thinking of how much I need to do. We can also talk about burnout for sports because that's definitely something I've experienced twice in my life. One, the first off, I experienced burnout with swimming when I was literally 11 years old, which is crazy to say because I was so young, but I started swimming when I was like five. So it kind of makes sense. And swimming, it's just very monotonous. You know, you're staring at the bottom black line of the pool. So, (laughs) and you can't talk to people when you're swimming. So I feel like it can just be maybe easier to burn out. You're also like doing many more hours than you are running. But yeah, I experienced burnout with swimming when I was 11. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, I feel like I didn't get to the point where I hated it, but it was starting to become more dread. And at the same time, I was starting to run competitively and I was good at running. So I feel like it was a pretty easy shift from swimming to running. But again, that required a lot of change. My entire life at this point had been swimming competitively. My days were spent swimming. Weekends were spent at swim meets. I thought I would be swimming in college. You know, I just, even though I was only 11, it's like I had these goals and dreams that I had been working on for the last six years of my life. And I was also like decent at swimming. So I probably could have had a future with it. But I think just adjusting to something that motivated me more, which was running at the time, was like very necessary. And it was just required change. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So then I dove into this new sport of running. It was just, you know, pedal to the metal right from the get-go with all of my sports, I think. And not saying that you need to ease into it to avoid burnout, but... I don't know. I'm just was a very competitive kid and my parents pushed me hard. My coaches pushed me hard and I loved it. I mean, I was really good. So I I loved winning. I loved competing and it was really fun. In my head, the end goal for running for me was always college. For some reason, even though I was like pretty decent in high school, I never had these dreams of going pro. I think maybe especially back then, you know, 2010 to 2014, Social media wasn't that big of a thing. Like People didn't really know what was going on in pro running, in the pro running world unless you actively followed it on, I don't know, like whatever websites or stuff was posting about pro running. Like I didn't know anything about pro running. The only person I knew was like Jordan Hesse and that was about it. And I think she was still even in college at this time. So I don't know. It was never a dream of mine to make running my job. Not saying that I should have like thought that I needed to be a professional runner. I think it was kind of a limiting mindset more than anything else. Because then I got to college, you know, I enjoyed my college experience. But again, in college, I was never thinking that I wanted to go pro. And 
my college environment was just really intense. It was made for people that wanted to go pro. You were basically training like a professional athlete at this point. So much focus was on running. And honestly, I gave it everything that I had in college. I feel like I pushed myself to the physical limit, the mental limit. I feel like I dedicated my entire life to running. And I definitely don't regret it, but I do think it drove me a little bit insane. Um, I think I needed a little bit more balance. And looking back, I wish I did have a little bit more balance. But I think not having that more fun element of running anymore and like, I don't know, putting pressure on myself to win NCAA championships, qualify to this meet, qualify to that meet, I think it kind of led me to this point of feeling like, what is the point? Because I'm not like running professionally and I'm not really enjoying this myself. So why am I even doing this? Again, a terrible feeling to come to. I've dedicated my entire life to this sport. Like, why am I not happy when I step up on the line? Why am I kind of dreading this? Why am I dreading going to practice every day? I'm literally at the University of Oregon. I feel like people would kill to be here. I'm surrounded by people that are like better than me. I'm getting better. I'm actually really good at running. So I don't know why I'm so unhappy. And it's something I don't think I wanted to admit to myself. I didn't want to admit to myself that I was getting burnt out because everyone around me was the opposite, I almost felt like. I felt like everyone around me was invigorated and they were trying so hard to go pro and they were so excited about the next level of running. And for me, I feel like it was just slowly fizzling out. And I think that even made it worse was just knowing that everyone around me had bigger goals and I didn't, I feel like it made me feel bad about myself. That combined with my issues with body image and everything, I feel like was Something that just completely drained the life out of me and it made me dread going to practice. It was starting to make me dread races. Like I feel like my junior year of college was like my peak happiest year. I feel like I really gave it my all. I tried my hardest. I ran well. It was a very solid year. And then I almost already felt burnt out going into senior year, even though I had all three seasons left. And I've said it before, but my YouTube channel genuinely really helped me through especially the cross country season, which is not my favorite. I feel like it just invigorated me a bit and it just became something else to focus on other than running, which was really nice. I don't know if my coach liked it very much, but <laughs> just having something that made running and like the process more fun for me again was really exciting. But again, that only goes so far because, you know, at this point, YouTube wasn't my life. It was still, I was competing for the University of Oregon. I wasn't a social media influencer. I was still a student. So I remember coming back to San Diego after NCAAs going into indoor track season and I just was doing these like tempo runs and these workouts and I was feeling just so terrible and honestly like my mindset was just so bad I was so unmotivated which is just so unlike me again especially a contrast from the year before where I feel like I was so motivated and I gave it my all for some reason this year I just did not have it and I don't know if that was like my senioritis coming in I really don't know then I came back to school. I think I raced some indoor meets. Like I remember I raced a 3K at Dr. Sanders at the Armory and it was, I only raced the 3K because I felt like I physically could not run a mile because I was burnt out. I had yet to accept it though. So I was like, you know what? Let's just run a 3K. I almost, I think I even had a meeting with my coach saying I didn't want to go to New York. And I think she told me to run the 3K instead. And I was like, okay. Which is kind of crazy because like I love New York City and to not take a travel trip, I feel like that was very unlike me. And it's just funny looking back, like I kind of forgot that I had that meeting, but I'm almost positive that's what I said is that I didn't want to go to New York. So I ended up running a 3K. Again, yes, it was fun. It was something different, but I had the same feeling of like dread and burnout. And it's, I remember finishing that race. I was like, well, that didn't solve anything. And 
January of that year, 2018, I did this track workout. I had to do it by myself because I missed the track workout the day before because I accidentally stabbed myself with a knife um, in the kitchen <laughs> making these like strawberry yogurt balls. That sounds so dramatic. Um, it wasn't really that dramatic, but I just had to mispractice because I was at urgent care. And I did, it was, I think it was a 300 workout um, by myself and my coach was there. And I, it's crazy looking back because obviously like I needed a break for so many different reasons, but I was like in the middle of a 300, maybe like I had finished the 300, I don't know. And then I just had like a sobbing meltdown on at Hayward Field, which is just like embarrassing. Cause again, I'm not really that big of a crier, especially when it comes to running, I don't really cry. I think it was just a point of like, where I really realized that like, I can't do this anymore. And again, a very scary feeling because I was literally in the middle of my senior year. This should be the best year of my life. This should be, I'm peaking for my college performances and everything, but I feel like I just had this meltdown and I realized that I can't do it anymore. And literally my coach asked me, I think she like expected me to say that I wanted to keep going, but I literally, she asked me, she's like, well, do you, what do you want? Like, do you not want to do this anymore? And I literally said, yes, that I didn't want to do it anymore. And I think she was kind of shocked because when it comes to running, I don't quit. I have not quit my entire life. And that like genuinely deciding to follow through with not continuing my eligibility for those last couple months, one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make because it was really like the end of my running career. And I knew it because I was at this point where I was like, I can't, I like literally can't do this anymore. I dread every single time I go to practice. I dread every workout. I can't even race. I don't want to race. Why am I even doing this? And there's nothing really that you can do to fix that other than either like changing your environment or just taking a break. And for me, I feel like it was just so many years of nonstop running that I just genuinely needed a break to heal my relationship with running myself, my body, like just everything. Pardon the little intermission here to hear more from me today. This episode is brought to you by Gooder. If you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you already know about Gooder because I talk about them all the time. And even on my social medias, I wear Gooder sunglasses all the time. Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses for anyone. They're lightweight, comfortable, don't move when you run, and they're all for only 25 bucks. No slip, no bounce, all polarized and all fun. That is one of the main things I love about Gooder is that they are all polarized. I've owned so many different pairs of sunglasses in my life. Gooder is by far the best bang for your buck. And they're so comfortable just to wear like out in the open or if you're out exercising, you know, running, biking, you can wear them all the time. They also have really, really funny names. I'm literally on their website right now. The other day I ordered a few pairs of Gooders and you can filter by head size. So I had to go huge because my head is a melon head. There's styles that work for different head sizes. One of the ones I ordered is a very standard like turtled pair of sunglasses. It's the OGs, their signature line of shades. It's Bosley's Basset Hound Dreams. <laughs> I also ordered the Rap G's. Extreme Dumpster Diving is the name of the sunglasses. And honestly, holiday season is absolutely coming in hot. Gooders make the perfect gift. You know, buy them for a friend and treat yourself to a pair or two. Go to gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com slash cold brew and get free shipping on your entire order. Let me repeat that again. That is free shipping on your order at G-O-O-D-R.com slash cold brew. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back into today's solo episode. I never once redshirted in college. I was not really a very injured person, so I never had a season off. It was just nonstop for the last however many years of my life. And I can see how that adds up over time where it's like, okay, maybe I should have just taken more time off, but it's like hard because the ways that you get good at running is just being consistent year after year after year. But I don't know. I think I just reached this breaking point where I just truly needed a break. 
and a long one at that. And I graduated like a month later and then I ended up moving to Atlanta for a new job. And, you know, the the feeling of working, that was like very fun for me. It was just a new, it was new goals to set, new life to live. And it was weird living without running because I it had been my identity for so long. And I think for a while, I was even beating myself up for quitting a lot. I think for years, I didn't really give myself the grace I needed to get over the fact that I quit. And that it was okay to not continue my eligibility for like the last two months. I think I fought myself for years over that. And I genuinely like beat myself up over it because I wasn't strong enough to continue my like last six months of my senior year running. And again, everyone around me was still running. Everyone seemed to have this great relationship with running. And I felt like a failure. I'm literally, I'm getting emotional again. Oh my gosh, I'm literally at home crying. Oh my gosh, why is this making me tear up? I think because I beat myself up for it for so long because it's so taboo in the running world um, to like, I don't know, quit in the middle of college. Even though it wasn't really the middle, it was definitely like very close to the end, which is even more embarrassing than like have to quit. But it's not because like literally at the end of the day, who cares? It's my life. Um, and I mean, I'm, there were periods of time after that where I was like, Oh my gosh, I wish I stayed. I wish I continued running. Like, I wish I finished my eligibility. Like, seeing everyone, you know, going to these meets, like Pac-12s and stuff that year, I was like, oh my gosh, that could have been me. But looking back, oh my goodness, like, my mindset was so bad back then, you guys. There's no way I ever would have, like, ran well that season. There's just no chance I would have PR'd or even done anything remotely <laughs> phenomenal at the end of that year just because of my mentality. Like, physically, I was fine. I don't think I was really burnt out physically at all because I feel like my training had been smart for so many years but it was more mentally than anything else and I just had a really really bad relationship with my body and it was just so draining that there was just no chance I was going to get to a starting line and perform well and I realize that now and I definitely like do not regret my decision to leave early because it made no difference I think it would have been fun you know filming YouTube videos the last couple months but that's about it and though I can't relate to people that like medically retire you know because I feel like a lot of those people that end up doing that, they don't want to have to do that. But I feel like in my own brain, it feels like I had to medically retire from my, my like messed up mentality. I feel like I'm going to offend people saying that, but I didn't want to have, I didn't want to feel like this. Like physically I was totally fine and I wanted to be motivated. I wanted to have the best year of my life, but like my confidence was just so low and I just genuinely couldn't do it. And I didn't really know what else to do other than take the break because at this point, like, I wasn't going to race different events. That was not going to help me. I couldn't, like, change my situation. So the only thing I could really do was stop. And it was so uncomfortable. Like, on one hand, it felt really relieving because the pressure was off of me to perform when I felt like I wasn't able to perform. But then also, like, I was beating myself up every single day for months and years, honestly, after that. Because I feel like I lost my entire sense of identity. I felt like a failure. And running was basically everything that I knew. So I completely lost myself for a while. But again, I feel like it's forced change. And that's what helps you overcome burnout. Is just changing your environment. Changing your situation. And forcing yourself to do it. And get uncomfortable. Like the first few years after college was super uncomfortable. I mean when I moved to Atlanta I joined. I started running with Atlanta Track Club. And that was just because I didn't really know what else to do. I knew I wasn't all the way healed from my burnout, obviously. It had been like zero months, basically, since I left college. I think what actually did kind of help me, you know, get out of this rut was running the Chicago Marathon because the training was just so different than college. 
and it was more like heart rate training and I just allowed myself to run slow rather than beating myself up for not running 7.30 pace on my easy runs anymore. Um, so that definitely helped me. And then honestly, just leaving the running world and leaving my competitive running self behind and accepting that even if I never run that fast ever again in my whole life, like I have more value to life than just by like 439 mile. And I think just accepting that and not forcing myself to run, not forcing myself to train for anything. And when I started training for triathlon during COVID, I feel like, again, it was just kind of a time where I feel like I wanted to hold on to a past identity and like force myself into a little bit of a box that I kind of already knew, like I knew the lifestyle. Like, yes, it was something different, but again, I don't think I fully healed my relationship with my body. And I still put so much pressure on myself to perform at some insane level. And I'm definitely like not burnt out of triathlon at all. I think that was just another little test. It was another thing where after I left altitude camp from Flagstaff at the end of 2020, I like had a mental breakdown in my car and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not, like, do I want to live this life of super uber competitive sports, not really having any more identity outside of sports and also hating my body? Like, no, I don't. And I feel like that was just a big realization for me to have to take a step back from all just like, competitive sports in general for a while and I think giving myself the chance to step away and mentally giving myself the grace to do so has been the number one factor for me to recover from like this feeling of burnout from endurance sports in general. I finally feel like now probably two years later I feel so much better with myself and where I'm at. I know people that are older than me always tell me like they've taken 10 years off and then they get back into it like obviously it hasn't been that many years since I left competitive sports but I never truly allowed myself to leave. And I think it kept me in the mental headspace of just dread and burnout for a really long time with sports. And only when I decided to leave and I mentally let myself do that without guilt and shame, that was the first day that I started healing my relationship with endurance sports in general. Right now, like two years later, I feel so much better I don't dread workouts. I actually enjoy workouts again. I think about a possibility of like competitive sports down the road. Again, not saying that it's going to happen right now or that I, it will ever even happen. I don't know. But even just being excited to go for a run again is something that was so... It's such a good feeling because it's been so long since I've had that. So not saying that everyone should go quit their sport if they're feeling burnt out. Like there's definitely different ways to go about it. And I never want to be an advocate of quitting anything. I don't think that's like the right solution a lot of the time. I think it's just being okay with change is the biggest thing and allowing yourself to adjust to your current life situation, not only by doing it, but then mentally giving yourself the grace to do so and the space to do so. I was going to do like a Q&A this episode, but honestly, I feel like it just turned into the burnout episode. Um, and I don't necessarily like talking about burnout because I feel like it makes me look like a failure or someone that can't be consistent and everything and but it's not I mean I feel like everyone deals with burnout at some point in their life it's just sitting down with yourself and realizing that something needs to change for you to be happy again because being happy is like the name of the game when it comes to consistency the only way you're going to be consistent with something I feel like is when you're happy and then it's not going to feel like pulling teeth when you need to go for your run or I need to post my food Instagram, a YouTube video, or, you know, a podcast or something. When you find something that you genuinely want to do, there shouldn't really be friction around it. Yes, some days you're going to have to rely on your discipline with everything rather than your motivation level. I know that's such a, like a corny quote, but it is true. But then also it reaches a certain point where... Like, why am I needing to rely on my discipline every day when this isn't even fun for me anymore? 
for me, social media especially, I feel like people only follow me. In my own little head, I feel like people only follow me because of endurance sports and I need to train for something at all times or else people are going to not like me anymore. And earlier this year, I kind of gave myself the grace to post whatever I wanted, especially on YouTube, like doing the daily vlogs and stuff. That really freed my mindset of like, I'm just going to post whatever I want. And then it really sparked my motivation with YouTube again. And I think I need to tap back into that because I still have these feelings of like, I need to train for something. And again, I love working out. I love staying healthy and everything, but training for something just for the content is not motivating to me. And I can't, I don't want to rely on that as my way that I get out the door mentally. You know what I mean? I want to train for something because it makes me happy. I want to do stuff because it makes me happy. Not because I feel like I'm forced to do it because of like YouTube views, money, work, school, whatever it may be. So for the next couple of weeks, I am focused on moving. Like my life is just very overwhelming right now. I am moving again <laughs> to somewhere else in San Diego. I'm staying in San Diego. I love San Diego. I finally feel like I'm building a community here. And that's been really motivating for me. Forgoing some of my responsibilities with my food Instagram and mentally just making some changes with social media for me has been really motivating. And I'm excited to see where the rest of the year goes because... This year has been so emotionally overwhelming that I feel like I'm kind of bouncing back now and I have a new spark for creating and even just life in general. I feel like for a while I was a bit, I kind of fell into a depression earlier this year because like I just had a really, really bad first quarter and everything. And then the summer was just kind of chaotic and I finally feel like more stable and back on my feet, but I do need to move next week. And then after that, I feel like I'll be even better. So yeah, this was basically my episode on burnout. Um... I wish I had like concrete solutions for everyone of what they could do to overcome from burnout, but I feel like just time heals all wounds and I really do believe that. Leaving the running world has definitely helped me a lot. I definitely don't follow running as much as I used to anymore and just surrounding myself with people that have different interests and then surrounding myself with runners, like going to run clubs for people that don't really know anything about running and they just run for fun is genuinely motivating for me. I feel like it just sparks a new energy in me that running means so much more to me than just competing now that it's just really exciting to feel like that again and who knows maybe down the road you know I'll hop back into everything I tweeted the other day and I was like I feel like I'm gonna be that mom that like destroys masters triathlons because I do I mean I definitely still have a competitive spirit and when I go for runs bikes and swims like I feel it to my core that this is what I'm meant to do and that something in me like nothing compares to the feeling of like a runner's high or just doing endurance sports. So some part of me just knows that deep down, I feel like I will, you know, line up on a start line again competitively, but I also just don't want to force myself into that position when I don't feel like I'm truly ready. And I don't want to do that to like my followers and I don't know, lead people on again, like thinking I'm going to do something crazy when I'm maybe not ready to do it yet, but definitely not saying never. And I'm excited to see where the future takes me with social media and, you know, endurance sports in general. So if you guys have followed me, you know, since day one, I know you've seen so many ups and downs from me. And this podcast, I think, you know, I've been vulnerable on my YouTube channel in a couple of videos, but there's been quite a few episodes where I've genuinely cried, which including this one. And I'm never like looking to cry in these episodes. I never really think I'm going to cry, but I feel like that just shows how much attachment I do have to sports and my job and like this life and everything and sharing it with you guys. And I genuinely love doing it. And I hope some of you guys like get something out of this and just know like if you do go through burnout, you're obviously not alone. 
and there's so many pe other people that deal with it too and I'm kind of just here I think one of my main reasons why I keep doing social media is just to share my experience and make people feel not alone and in endurance sports I feel like people are really serious people are really hard a lot of the time where it's like grind 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 the grind never stops discipline discipline whatever which is true you definitely need that element to your personality but I think I don't know, it's helpful to always know that people like struggle with different things and just being open about that and sharing my experience, I feel like has even been therapeutic for me to be able to come on this podcast this morning and just share exactly what my burnout situation has been like very openly and candidly, like I've never done it before, you know? So yeah, I like wonder if this episode was depressing or not. I don't know. Or if it was like motivating. Um, just know that there's a way out and if you feel burnt out, it's not the end of the world. You just need to adapt. I think something just needs to change and it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, but it will get better. So that's my ending piece of advice on this. I can't cry anymore this morning, you guys. It's not even noon yet, okay? And like crying in my apartment alone is kind of embarrassing to like my computer and my microphone. <laughs> okay, well, uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I'm gonna have to do more solo episodes because I literally got through none of the topics I was gonna get through today. I was literally gonna do a whole Q&A and I did no Q and no A. So yeah, thank you guys for listening and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.